0: and how to release your faith, because you need to know that you need to release it to work for you. And many people try to get faith in any other way, except the way the scripture says it comes. So they neglect the word of God, because they have confidence in their fasting and their prayer. Fasting and praying is good, but the scripture doesn't say that faith comes through that. And many people neglect the word of God. They neglect scriptures, they neglect Bible, they don't study. But they do a lot more of ritualism. And yet, faith comes by hearing and hearing the gospel message. Not just hearing once, hearing and hearing. Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing. Until it it breaks into your heart. once may not do it. So faith comes by hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the foundation of our faith. He's the the foundation of our faith. He's the object of our faith. There's no faith outside of Christ. So hearing the good news about Jesus is how faith comes. In him... We have everything. In him is the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. So that's why it is through the faith we have in Christ that we enjoy everything that he died for us to enjoy. And so, the scripture teaches us here uh, in Luke chapter 6 that when Jesus was here and ministering, that people came. People think that Jesus was going everywhere doing miracles. It's not true. He spent more time teaching, preaching, and then healing them. They called him teacher. They called him rabbi. Because if you read the scripture, you find every Sabbath he would go and teach them. He would start with teaching them. Teaching them and preaching. Then the miracles. Because now their faith would have risen. It's the same process of scripture that we're using today he used. Nothing different. So, in Luke chapter six seventeen, and he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and the great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him, number one, and to be healed of their diseases. To hear him. Children of God, you must hear because it, it, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. And the answer is to hear and get knowledge. Luke 5.15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear now. And be healed by him of their infirmities. So the more understanding we have, the more we have revelation. Mark 4.24-25. Then he added, pay attention, close attention to what you hear. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, Brethren, we must pay close attention to the word of God. It's not a casual thing. There's nothing casual about you're dealing with God. Pay close attention to the word you hear. Some people go to church because they don't understand there's power in the world. They don't understand how God works. They sleep. They do all manner of things. During someone, they are walking all over the place. But you are denying yourself the solution to ignorance. So you say the closer you listen, closer you listen, closer you listen, listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. So those who listen to my teaching, More understanding will be given, but to those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, be taken away from them. I need to emphasize this. Because we live in an age where people do not think the word of God is important. If you talk of miracles, oh, everybody wakes up. But when you are teaching the word, they don't don't think it's, it's worth their time. But if you don't develop your faith, you can lose your miracle not you can you will you will lose your miracle because the devil will come back for it so you, you need to develop your faith so that when he comes back you know how to fight off fight it off and retain that which which you have received because a thief does not come to steal what you don't have but you have to fight him off with the shield of faith so listening to understand is very important listening to understand Now, those who rejected this word were not healed. They could not have faith to be healed. Mark 6, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching. See what he does? Teaching. Teaching. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. That's what he does. And many who heard were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, they laughed at his word. Every t- People laugh at God, God's word, even Christians. Look at during COVID. If you tell somebody that you're standing on the scripture, many will laugh at you and say you are naive. They will persecute you. People laugh at God's word. People do. So they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. The son of Mary. The brother of James. Joseph. Judas. And Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. Who does he think he is? They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives, and his own family. Five. And because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief, because they couldn't, they didn't hear him. So where is faith coming from? So they only have one thing left unbelief. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them. The reason, the unbelief. Why? They scoffed at his word. You preach in churches, people are walking around, they're scoffing at the word of God. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. And because of the unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them, except he placed his hand on a few Few sick people and heal them. Which means healing was available, but he could not. Brethren, this is simple English, he said he could not. He could not means it was not possible for him to do it. Now, if, if, if this healing and things come by anointing, Jesus Jesus was so anointed, no human being would have such anointing he had. But he could not heal them. Could not means could not. He couldn't. It was not possible, and yet he healed just few people, but he couldn't heal. Them. No, he didn't want to. He couldn't. Do we learn something here? All these are going around and saying, "I'm so anointed. You don't have to believe." I can. I'm, I, I'm suspicious because if you if you have a ministry that is more that's not lined up with the way Jesus did it, I don't want to follow you. Paul said, "Follow me. I follow Christ." If you have that kind of anointing that you don't, you, you people don't have to believe Jesus believe, and Jesus could not heal them. Is it not the same Jesus that heals? Do you have another healer? Is it he not the same Jesus that healed them the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is it not the same? If he couldn't heal them then, how come he can heal them today? It's not possible. Something is wrong there. That's how you know when demons are, are doing their fake miracles. If it's Jesus, it's still the same Jesus. Do we have another healer? He could not heal them because of their unbelief. He still can't heal today unless we believe him. The same Jesus, the same way, the same truth. Why? They scoffed at his word. They didn't care. They don't read the Bible. They don't want to know because they are waiting for anointing. People who scoff at his word do not experience his miracle. Second Kings 7. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord is a Lord. Now it's a, you know, big shot. Big shot. A big shot. What is he talking about? Then a Lord... On whose hand the king leaned, answered, highly connected man, answered the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this be? He <laughs> said, what are you talking about? It doesn't make sense. Brother, I'm telling us the truth. Many people in church do not believe God. If it doesn't make sense, they scoff at it. If you, if you believe it, they laugh at you. They tell you to to grow up and be wise. That thing you are doing. They laugh at you. You believe God for your healing, they laugh at you. They tell you, no, that thing doesn't work. God doesn't. These are people who say they're Pentecostals. Behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven. Might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but you're not going to eat thereof. Counting themselves out of God's blessing. But that's how people deny themselves when they scoff at what the Holy Spirit is doing in the life of somebody. When they mock the Spirit of God, when you mock the word, you mock the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace. When they mock that, they deny themselves the privilege of experiencing that miracle. And they go home and be praying and fasting, but they will not get it that way. Because the spirit that executes that thing is the same spirit you mocked when you mocked his word. When you were challenging his word, that people dared to believe. Are you calling Agidiwa God? And you thinking, How can it happen? Do you know how this thing happens? Who cares? Now, let's talk about how to release our faith to work for us. Having faith is one thing, but you need to release it. If you don't release their faith, it won't work. You better hear me. If you don't release that faith, it won't work. It's like you have money, but you, want to, you need to buy something with the money. So that's the usefulness of your money. So Acts fourteen seven, 7, and there they preached the gospel. Again, the gospel, remember, faith comes by hearing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. how so they preach the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's from mother's womb, who never had walked. The same had Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Now, he has faith now, but he hasn't experienced the healing. So you can have faith and not experience the healing, or not experience the miracle. Where did this faith come from? He was listening as Paul was preaching the gospel. He must have, Paul must have told them that Jesus bore their sicknesses. How can he believe? Say somebody told him, you'll be healed. Jesus bore your sickness. Paul was preaching sound gospel. So, passing that he had faith to be healed, then Paul said with a loud voice. Stand upright on thy feet now. Act on it. It's action that brings reality. In everything we do in life, it's when you act, results should stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. That tells he really believed. He he wasn't checking to see whether he has never walked all his life never walked, and he's a man. He leaped and walked. You know what it means to leap? A man has never walked? Tells you he believed truly, what Paul was telling him. Thank God there was not all these fire extinguishers, some believing believers would have told him, my friend, go, make, sure you, make sure you see the therapist, don't get up. Make sure you see the therapist, don't get up. Or they go to him and say, that thing, is, it's not real, it's coming back. People say all manner of stuff just because they don't know God and His power. See, this man could stay there for years and not walk. But he released his faith by action. He leaped and walked. Then you release your faith by your word. Second Corinthians 4:13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, because I have faith, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. When you believe, you say so. Psalm 1072 says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Say so." Say so. Say so. Hebrew 11.2. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. So faith has a good report. If what you are saying is not good report, then it's not faith. It's not a report of what God has done, which you have believed is, is real for you. Because if, if it's what God has accomplished, it has to be a good report because all good things and perfect gifts come from him. It has to be a good report. You may not have seen it, but you are giving the good report. Not a evil report. See, what you believe will finally show up in your mouth. Especially when we are angry. Anger reveals people's heart. Because when we are angry, we throw all caution to the winds. That's why we say things we have been holding in our heart and be holding it. it come, because about that time you are mad. After saying them, you could then you go back and say, "No, I don't mean it." No, you mean it. You really, really mean it. During anger, we say the truth. Sometimes, you really, really. Mean it? If you don't mean it, where did it come from? Came from your heart. Been hiding it. You've been... <laughs> That's the belief you have about something. It will show up in your mouth. Finally, show up. Mark 34. You brood of snakes! How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? See, see, because internally you are evil. You can't say, you can always say only evil things. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So if you have the word of God in your heart, it determines what you say. You give good report. You say so. But if you go around and be complaining and telling long stories about what is happening for you, to you, and looking for people to sympathize with you, then if they don't sympathize, you get angry with them, that's not a that's not good report. It's coming from the unbelief in the heart. See, Abraham had faith and showed it with his action and word. Romans 4.18. Romans 4.18. Abraham releases faith by action and by word. Who again so believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. It was been spoken. Thy seed will be like this. And being not weak in faith, he considered, see his action. See his action. He considered not his own body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was not considering those things because he believed that God's word is true. Action. He is releasing his faith by action. He didn't wake up and say, hey, I'm still getting older. When will this thing work? No. Action. Action. Faith is evidence-based. If you don't have evidence that you believe in what is not yet seen, you don't have faith. It's evidence. 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 That of things not seen. Evidence. And you provide that evidence. And God gives you the revelation of the substance of things you hoped for. The Spirit of God reveals it to you. But your evidence shows by your action, by your word. So you release it by your evidence. You show, God must see your evidence. By your action and by. Let's keep reading about Abraham. 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred days old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. What was he doing? Giving glory to God. Continuous glory to God. Releasing your faith through action and through word. Now let's go to part two of this. How to fight the fight of it, Because the fight of faith must come. First Timothy six twelve, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. To which you were also called. I have confessed the good confession. In the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Brethren. The real truth about it. Every man's faith will be tasted. Trials do come. They do come. First Peter 1.7 That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 8. Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Did you see this people? Under fire they rejoice with joy unspeakable. Why? Because they trust they trusted in him. They believed in the rock of our salvation. The trial of our faith. Very, very precious. It refines our faith. It refines who you are. It's in the fire you see the fourth man. So this is how you fight back when it comes. Number one, put up your shield of faith. First Peter 5.8 be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth fast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So be sure that it is faith that you are releasing, not mental assent. Mental assent is saying the right things, but not acting on them. It is the same thing we love. We say things that is not in our heart just because we feel obligated to say them sometimes, but we don't act it out. God, I love you, I love you, but when you don't act, there's no action that lends credence to what you are saying. It's called mental assent. You are mentally assenting when you don't have faith. People think that mental assent is faith, but that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. People have used it and failed. People have died thinking they are trusting God. They trust nothing. Make sure that what you have is faith. And if it's faith, you must have scripture from which that faith came. You must have scripture you are meditating on that from where that revelation came. You know, I ask people sometimes when they say, Pastor, I have faith. I say, which scripture? They don't have any. I said, so how did that faith come? They don't have any. And yet they have faith. Little wonder they can't have action. Because the only way you have faith, you have action. Your faith shows in action and word. What you believe comes out of your mouth. So saying the right things because pastor is there, it's not faith. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you won't do what I'm saying? If you believe I'm Lord, <laughs> but you don't care about what I say. So how can you say I believe you are the Lord? That's what it's demanding. Where is the action? The only thing that, let me say, the only thing that gives credence to what I'm telling you or you are telling me or is action. If there's no action, forget it. Forget it. So, if you are exercising mental assent and you are not able to show a corresponding action, go back to scripture. Meet a mature Christian and discuss with him or her. They, they find scripture for you. You start meditating on it. When faith comes, you don't need to be told. You don't, when faith comes, you don't go asking, Do I have faith? No, you start acting. So be sure you have faith. That what you are. Putting out is faith, not mental accent. Because if it's mental accent, it's not the shield of mental accent that resists the devil, low. the shield of faith only. And this is why we need to understand what faith is all about very well, know how to exercise it, so that we can differentiate it from mental accent. The devil has sold mental accent to, to believers, and they think it's faith. It's not fair because you're saying I have faith. It's just like saying because you say I'm born again doesn't mean you're born again. Doesn't mean you're born again. There must be fruit. There must be action. There must, by their fruits shall know them by action. By action, people born again. Where is the action? After you got born again by grace by faith, so where is the action? If there's no action. There's a problem. Luke 5, 19. And when they could not find by what way they could, they might bring him in because of the multitude. They went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw that action, When he saw their faith, he saw the action. Action was as a result of what they believed. That, that's the healer. When he saw their faith, he said unto the man, "Man, thy sins are forgiven. You can go. God, you're good. No prayer, no, no prayer, no pleading, nothing. He just saw their faith, and that was it. You can see how important faith is. You can see." Now, to those who believe, nothing is impossible. Jesus just saw their faith and said, you are good to go. Let's learn something from here. So just make sure that what you are doing has action that corresponds to that thing you say you believe. Number two, you must have a winning attitude. Look at those people that we read about. We read about in First Peter 1 verse 8, now they went in trial of faith in fire and tense, verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though you, now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. These are the people who are passing through trial of fire. So we must have the right attitude, the winning attitude. 1 Peter 4, 12. Beloved, think it not strange. Starting in the God, where are you? They think it's strange. Trials come to us. It does come. God, where are you? God, where are you? "You You're not reading the Bible. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I already told you why talking like that. And yet, when you're teaching, they will not listen. Beloved, think it not strange. Concerning the fairy trial, which is to try you as though something strange things happen unto you. It's not strange for a Christian to pass through fairy trials. It's not strange. It is absolutely not strange. So, the first thing is to don't think it's strange. Don't think, oh, maybe I have No, it didn't slide. It comes to us. It's not strange. Disabuse your mind. It's not strange. It doesn't matter how holy you think you are. It comes to all of us. It's not strange. Fairy trials are not strange. Then count it all joy, like those people. James 1 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse, different type of temptation. Count it all joy. Have the winning attitude. Not murmuring, not frowning your face, carrying the whole thing on your face, you know, look, going around looking for who will come and empathize with you. That attitude is an attitude that brings defeat. Brings defeat. It is with praise, worship, the joy of the Lord, with your strength. Murmuring and complaining will worsen your case. And blaming God will finish you finally. Number three, get wisdom and understanding. It will bring victory. You cannot afford to act foolishly when you are facing trial. Even when you are not facing trial. We can't afford to act foolishly. When my faith, your faith is under attack, we must rely on divine guidance and the instructions on what to do and when to do it and how to do it. You must seek for guidance and not rely on your own understanding. You can't say, well, I know what to do. No, you don't. Oh, the last time, this is what I did. No, it doesn't work like that. He might give you a different approach this time. You must go to God. We can't lose if if he's leading. You can't lose. If, if, you are, if you are weak, go to him and say, Lord, I'm weak. I need strength. He'll give you. Do, 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 don't pretend. It doesn't matter. Just go and say, Go there and strengthen you. Lord, guide me. I don't know what to do except to build. If I build, I'm wasting my time. I don't have wisdom to handle this. This king went to God and said, There are multitudes. don't have strength to deal with them. And God said, Don't worry about it. I'll deal with them. I'm your strength. And they organized choir. How do you fight with choir? That's God. He he said, My wisdom looks foolish. Choir, not army. So we need wisdom from God. If you are sick, go to God and say, Lord, how do you want me to approach this? What scripture are you giving me? Because you are my guide. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principle thing, therefore for wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. <clears throat> she shall bring thee honor. What's honor? Victory. When thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thy head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. When you are confronting challenges, you can't afford Not to walk in divinely imparted wisdom. I am telling us the truth. Consult the spirit of God, consult your guide, consult your helper, ask questions, humble yourself, ask questions. Lord, you are my guide, you are my strength. How do you want to do this thing? How do you want to follow this thing? Pray in that spirit. A lot. pray. Because that says, I'm depending on you. I am depending on you. Pray in your closet. Pray and pray and pray. Holding to the truth. Man, Go there and let God know that you mean it. That, Lord, if you don't guide me, if you don't, if you don't help me, I'm done. Listen to me, church. Never face life on your own terms. And wisdom. Always seek divine guidance in prayer. Not the time that you can afford to be doing things your way. Train yourself if you are a Christian. Train yourself not to be doing things because you can do them. It's dangerous. And repeat it again. Train yourself not to be doing things because you can't do them. It's dangerous. Because you can miss God when you start doing things like that. And the enemy knows that you are self-willed, that you are strongly self-willed. They start taking you away from trusting God to trusting in yourself. And where that thing is going, <laughs> I'm telling you. Read this scripture about people who trust in themselves and see where it ends. Proverbs 3.6. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Then he will direct your path. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from the evil of being wise in your own eyes. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. God leads you in triumph. You can't lead yourself. You cannot. You don't know anything. Leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us praise the amidst evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Let's see what happened when John the Baptist was born. That we see that when we allow God to lead us, then we'll be experiencing his glory. When your friends are leading you, tradition is leading you, we, know we do it this way. You would experience his glory. Because if you've ignored him. You have not acknowledged him. You have acknowledged your friends. You have acknowledged what you used to do. I know, I know what to do. You don't know anything. Luke 159. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by the name of his father Zachariah as their tradition is. First side. Which culture? 60. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. It's strange. We don't name people this thing. In this family, we don't do it like this. Let's do it the way we used to do it. His mother answered, No. He shall be called John. But they said to her, There's no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father. They went to the father and said, This woman, this woman we married, we don't understand. <laughs> He's breaking our tradition. Let's go to this man. So they made signs to his father what he will call, what having called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue loosed, and he spoke praising God. The glory of God manifested. That's what happens when you allow God to lead you. Don't let traditions lead you. Don't let professionals lead you. They don't know what you are talking about. When the Spirit of God leads you, you have all you need to make it. Do not lean unto your own strength or power, but onto the power of God. Rely on the word of God, not your own word. It says Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but you will remember the name of the Lord our God. Yes. You remember his word. You honor his word. You say, this is the word of the living God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Psalm 49 says, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give a ransom Give to God a ransom for his life. You know, in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, 31, Peter acted in a way Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I pleaded in prayer for you. Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and returned to me again, strengthen your brethren. Peter said, Lord, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you. Even to die with, he started boasting what he can do. Jesus said, Peter, you already fallen. Peter, let me tell you something. Before the true star closed tomorrow morning, you will deny me a threat that even know me. And go read the rest. Peter, all of them said, For where? Huh? <laughs> do you know us? Why are we going deny you? Already they have fallen. Because their confidence is in themselves. They already have, the enemy has already gotten them. Already gotten them. Number four, be sure you are not living in rebellion against the Lord because he keeps the door open for the devil. If you, if you want to fight the fight of faith, this is one critical area you must make sure that you are not violating. If you are violating God's word and living in sinful life, forget about faith. It won't work. Because you won't even have revelation. James 4, 7. So be subject to God. Be subject to God. Resist the devil. The first place you start, you must be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. I will free from you. Be subject to God. Be subject to God. That's the starting point. Ephesians four twenty seven says, "Neither give place to the devil." Neither give place to the devil. Which means if you don't give him his place, he won't, he won't have his place. The New Living Translation put it like that: "For anger gives a foothold to the devil." So, which means if I'm if I'm walking in the flesh. I am presenting the devil a foothold. So how can I win this fight of it? How? You no, know, those are the moments of self-reflection, really. It pays to have times of self-reflection. That's what James was saying in James chapter 4. From verse 7. says, So be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him. And he will flee from you. Close, come close to God at this time. Come closer to God. And he will come closer to you. You have a battle in your hand. Your life is at stake. Come close to God, people. Then he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Recognize what you've done. If, if, you, if you realize what you've done, get, get your soil hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal. Wavering individuals with divided interests purify your heart of your spiritual idolatry. That's, you are here or there. All the lukewarmness. It, 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 it's time for self-examination. Otherwise, those little foxes will be spoiling your vine. And he said, you draw near to God. Be deeply penitent and grieve. Even weep over all this disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned to grief and your meat, meat to dejection. heartfelt shame for your sins. Humble yourself, feeling very insignificant. And go there and be feeling proud. It's a time to say, Lord, search me. And see if there's anything in me that is giving the enemy open door to my life. And be sincere with yourself. If you are sincere, God will show you. But if it's an area you don't want, to, you don't want anybody to go to, God will leave you alone. Because he knows our heart. Humble yourself, feeling very, very insignificant in the presence of the Lord. And he will exalt you. God wants to exalt us. He wants to give us victory. Exalt you. He will lift you up. Make your life significant. So that number four is be sure you are not living in rebellion against God, and then see First John two eleven says, "But he that hated his brother is in darkness." Can you imagine how you can fight spiritual spiritual battles when you are in spiritual darkness? Where will the faith come from? Because now you are you are in spiritual darkness. You don't get no revelation you are in the realm of death. Because you won't, you won't let go, you won't forgive. And he it, it walketh it in darkness, and knowing not whither he goeth, because the, that darkness, that darkness has blinded his eye. That's when you start running around like chicken that has no head. If they call here, you go. If they call here, you go. You have no duration, you have no stability. Twelve midnight, one a.m. Is that what we're doing now? Okay, put my name because you have no stability you are blind you cannot if you if you know if you know Christ you will be stable you will know where he's standing you find value in his word you don't have to be run around run. you are not confused you live as children of light you're not in darkness you are sure in whom you believe you know whom you trust Because you won't forgive. You're gossiping. You're You're walking in darkness. And you do rituals, rituals. Rituals cannot take the place of truth. If you know the truth, it sets you free. All these rituals will not help you. There's no scripture that prescribes any of them. That's why you do them, because you're ignorant. Rituals will not set you free. Christ is the truth. When you know truth, when you know Christ, when you know him, The truth that you know will start working. Your faith will come up. That's how it works. Then, do not give in to fear and worry. John 14:1. Do not let your heart be troubled, distressed, agitated. That's my job. That's your job. You got to do it. If God said do something, then you can do it. You believe in and adhere and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere and trust in and rely also in me. So don't let your heart be agitated. Don't you worry. Don't fear. Don't give in to that. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Resist fear. It will try to come. But you pull up your sword. You pull up the scripture. And meditate on it again. Confess it again. Worship God again. Resist it. Speak to that spirit of fear. Say, you're not walking here. It's a battle, people. It's a battle. You can't be inactive. You can't be, you can't be uh, complacent. And there's no victory when you're worrying. Just forget it. Number six. Do not waver. have the same action of faith, the same confession of faith. James 1 says to it, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting. For he that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. If you today, yeah, praise the Lord. Tomorrow, no. It says you you are wavering. Circumstances of life is tossing you up and down. You praise today. You complain tomorrow. Because you haven't seen. The reason you are complaining is because you are walking by sight. Abraham never complained. He gave glory to God consistently. He, he, He knows this God very well. He knew God very well, but let him ask in faith, with no doubt. For he that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Therefore, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything, including victory, from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, unstable, very unstable. That's what I was saying. They say, "Is this where I put my name?" What are they? I don't know. Miracle day, power. What's the source of it? No miracle. Very, very unstable. Ephesians 6, 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand firm and you see the glory of God. Number six, that this uh, wavering, keep your confession of faith steady, no matter what is happening. Keep saying the same thing, keep thanking God for the same. Keep saying it. You are not the first one that has passed through such a thing. You won't be the last. There are people who have worse situations than you. Hebrew ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering, without wavering, without wavering. For he that who he who promised is faithful. You can't bow and bend your knee to to circumstances. We must be immovable without wavering in saying what God said, in acting on the word of God. Then number seven, evil thoughts and imaginations. Oh, my God, this is the devil's choice, choice's weapon. He wants to penetrate your heart and plant doubt. He always does it to people, to me, to you. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. All those thoughts that are against the scripture, against the truth, you should cast them down. Don't yield yourself to them and start meditating on them. If you do, it becomes your thought. Once you own it, you're in trouble. Because once you own it, you are meditating on it. Once you own it, the enemy keeps coming, you are meditating on it. Before long, it becomes action. it becomes action. So you have to cast down arguments and every high that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, you subdue it. You don't accept it. You don't dwell on it. Because you know the source. It's not the spirit of God who has come to exalt Christ. It's not the spirit of grace. It's not the spirit of the word. see, the devil will try to put thoughts into your heart. Oh, you can't stop it. Dirty ones mean. That spirit called Satan is mean. Dirty ones, t- horribly dirty. Whether you like it or not, he will try to. And turn around and, and accuse you. John 13 And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judah the scarlet, Simon's son to betray him. See how the devil started? Started with thought. That's how it starts with all of us. You see, if you watch most of the things you've done, it's thought it started with. Vengeance thought, this thought. It starts with thought. Innocent thought, but evil thought. Hating people, thought. Hating people, thought. Doubt, unbelief comes with thought. So he put it into the heart of Judas. To betray Jesus. Now that's the beginning part. Now, if you start meditating on it, then it becomes your own thing. Initially, it's not your thought. It's But once you start meditating on it, you own the thought. Once you own the thought, see what it's heading. In verse 27, John 13, 27. And after the sub after the sub, Satan entered into him. It started with his thought. You start meditating. You're thinking on it. The thing is growing. It's seed it now. <laughs> Everyone is it. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. The next thing, he motivates you to do it. He motivates you right away. And, and look at what happened in that John 13, 27. And after the subset entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, You have the point of no return now. That that was do it quickly. You can't come back. He's got you. Taken over. That's the process. Thought, you own it, time it. it. will make you hate people who did nothing to you. You bring it, and I'm not, it will make you hate for no reason. You just you used to be excited about them, but now they're pariah to you. It will make you hate people for nothing. And even people that God used to bless you. With. It's a mean spirit for something that means nothing. Oh boy, he will come and blow it up and blow it up and then until he makes you hate them. They will not know, but you know, but you did nothing about it, and it's affecting you. Thoughts that you do not own, you don't meditate on, you don't speak about, and you don't act on, they will naturally die. You don't think on them. The Bible says, these are the things you think on. These are the things you own. Pure things of good report, own them. But these thoughts, if you start thinking on them, you own them. I'm telling you, you own them. As long as you don't own them, you don't think on them, you don't act on it, it will die. Let's conclude this particular teaching here. But the fact of faith is fight to undermine your faith and make you waver and compromise on God's word. Let me tell us some hard truth here. The devil does not believe one second that you believe, in, believe God. He does not believe one minute. There's nothing good in him. So he does not trust you. He does not believe one second that you believe the Bible. He doesn't believe all these things you say. He doesn't believe. That's why he comes to teach you. He does not believe it at all. And he wants you to deny the word so that he will, he, he will mock God and say, this is a hypocrite here, accusing us before God. This is a hypocrite. This is what was singing in the church. He doesn't believe you anything. He wants to show God he's like me. Well, we not the same thing. Take it from me. He doesn't believe that you believe God. La, la, yeah, yeah, but he, doesn't believe he doesn't believe you're serious. Because he doesn't have that ability to do good. So he's always thinking evil. Now look at Job. Let me prove it to you. Look at Job chapter 1, verse 8. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He's, been, he's noticed him. He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God. Stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord. Listen to the devil. He's a mean spirit. Say yes (laughs) now. But Job has good reason to fear you (laughs) now. Look at his reasoning. There's a good reason to fear you God. You have always put a wall of protection around him. That's what I mean. And his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything. So this thing is fake. <laughs> this thing is good for you. It's because of what you gave him. It, it's fake. He doesn't he didn't believe that Job feared God genuinely. He says it's fake. Put a wall of protection against him. You bless him. Who wouldn't if you give him all these things? What else do you expect him to do? Which means saying, God, you bought you bought that thing. You bought it. It's not coming from inside. That man doesn't believe that you believe that you are born again. He said, he, said, he said, you have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is now. 11. But he out now. Take away everything he has. He will surely curse you to your face right away. Say, God, you bought it. <laughs> you paid him for it. That's why. See, this is not genuine. It's not real. It's that man. He worshipping you, that because you blessed him. If you take away that, he, he, not only will not pass, he bless you, he'll curse you. Do you see how his mind works? He's incapable of good. So he sees evil in everything. He doesn't believe you, you. Lord, this is a single child, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't have does the ability to appreciate good. That's what he does. So he said to God, that job is fake. <laughs> that thing is fake. You bribed him. Take it away. Let me show you his real person. He doesn't believe you. That's the way he thinks of all of us. Then he went. Hear this one. Job chapter 2 verse 9. Then his wife, mm, he will come through people that are close to you. People, even people you respect. Relatives. You come through anybody who's available. Oh boy. Fellow Christians. Jim Jim. His wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity, Job? Are you still going to church, Job? Are you still in the choir, Job? Are you still serving him, holding your integrity? You don't have reason for that. It's only what the devil told God. The reason he's doing this is because what you're giving. The wife said, repeated what the devil was saying. Are you still doing this, Job? The reason you are doing it is gone. Why you still doing it? You see, the devil repeated the same thing through the wife. Do you still hold the integrity? Cause God. See, the devil said to God, he will curse you to your He's essentially talking. Curse God to and die. Let me marry another man. I don't want to marry you anymore. If you want your husband to die, what, is he, what does he mean? <laughs> I'm done. I need to marry somebody. This is, man, I'm suffering with you. No food, nothing. What kind of marriage is this? Job have cursed God and died. The devil said if you take it away, he will curse you. Have you seen that he doesn't believe anything we say? He doesn't have the ability to know good by life. So he will come to, make, to show God that you are fake. That's why he attacks us. That's why he brings this to, to, to show God that we don't really mean what you are saying. Then look at Job, verse 10. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. <laughs> shall we indeed accept good from God? Shall, not, shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sing with his lips. He will send you friends, unbelieving believers, fire extinguishers, and all of you start complaining, complaining talking about what they are passing and this one thought he's going. Ah, but my sister, if you know, I believe God shall. I, I honestly, I really believe God is good. though all the time and all of this, all the time. Yeah. Then you start telling your story. How things are bad. How this, you know. And they know, but I believe God. though. Her brother, sister, I still believe God. Ha, God is good. though. that's good. Then you start giving evil report, and then they give his own. You have fellowship of evil report. It's happening. In all of this, Job did not sing with his lips. Job 13.15 Though he slay me. Listen to this. Man. I, <laughs> Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I don't care if he kills me. I will trust in him. You see, Job messed up the devil. Big time. Because Job didn't know this conversation. That had gone before. But here he is proving that his faith in God was genuine. Was genuine. It was not because of what he got. God didn't buy it. And God told the devil, there's nobody like him. I know this guy. The devil said, yeah, you don't know him. Take it away you. Then you." The devil got desperate, went through the wife. He says, and I will maintain my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation. Even if he kills me, even if he slays me, he is still the Lord, my salvation. For an hypocrite cannot stand before him. I can't, I can't believe on Sunday morning. On Monday morning, I believe in another thing. He said, such people don't stand before God. I must have my integrity before him. If I say I believe in him, I believe in him 24-7. If I have to die, let it be. Talk of faith. Talk of action. Releasing it by action. Releasing it by what? Giving it back to the enemy. Man, that man messed the devil up. He made the devil a liar. He, he exposed the man as a big time liar. So he Father, trials come. But the Bible says, rejoice. Don't count the strength. Rejoice. Though. Don't curse God. Don't deny him. Because the enemy. He's telling God that you're, you're fake. You're fake. All that he's doing in church is fake. It's not fake. Mess him up. Li- lift up hand and worship. And mess him you, Now you know what he's thinking about you. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't give him the privilege of, of, of insulting your God. You can't. You just cannot. You, it, it's, it, you can't bear it. You just can't bear it. That's your God. That's Jesus. He can't look at Jesus and say, look at this man. He's a hypocrite. He says he believes in you. For where? Look at what he did. You know, we grieve, he grieves the, the, the spirit of God when we do stuff like that. He grieves him. Because he loves us with a deep love, everlasting love. Died for us. Gave his life Pay the ultimate price. Are we going to deny him? The Bible says, in, in works, they denied him. In works, when it's time for action, they denied him. We're going to be counted among them that deny the Lord because of fairy trials that are not permanent. The Bible said they had great joy and there was great glory. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I want to end this session and start the teaching on healing right away. So let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have to hear this word. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you adoration. We trust you with it all. Only you, only you, only you can make the seed grow. And you are faithful to make it grow in every heart that hears it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me um, do the healing teachings. Now, like we said, after this, we take the remaining time to teach on healing. Now, the first thing that hinders people from being healed. Is does God want me well? That's a big question that the enemy throws at you. You think he wants you well. You're not good enough to be healed. God definitely wants you healed. Definitely wants you well. Matthew 8, 2. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put His hand and touched him, saying, "I am willing. Be thou that cleansed. That ends it all." He said, "I'm willing." And God is no respecter of persons. If He was willing to heal the leper, He is willing to heal you too. God is no respecter of persons. God, we say to you at this moment, "I am willing." Open your heart and receive it. I am willing. To John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Be in health. That's so prosperous. He said, I want you to be in health. If God doesn't want to heal, why is God teaching you how to be healed? Why should God be teaching you how to be healed if he doesn't want to heal? Why? Look at this Proverbs 4. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my saying. God, why are you teaching me all of these things? Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of their heart. For they are life Unto those who find them. And hell to their flesh. So why is God teaching me how to be healed if he doesn't want me to be healed? Simple reason. He wants me well. That's why he's teaching me How? If you find my word, find my word, my son, go, go, find my word. That's why you need scripture. You need to recruit the scripture that builds your faith. You've got to find it. He so said when you find it, it is life. It is health to all your flesh, every part of you. And why did he send us his word to heal us? Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. If he didn't want to, uh, why did he send his word? To heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Oh, that man will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing, the works of healing. He sent his word and healed them. And then the word he sent is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the living word. He sent Jesus and healed us. In Isaiah 53, you see that he accomplished it. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely, our sicknesses he had borne and our pains he had carried them. He sent his word. He didn't say he sent his word to say I healed pastors, healed them, counted it done. God has no plan B because His plan A did not fail. His plan A in Christ did not fail. When Christ was coming, God didn't have plan B because God would never fail. His plan A never failed. In Christ, He perfectly accomplished His purposes for you and for me and for humanity. Surely our sicknesses he had borne and our pains he had carried them. See the scriptures every morning I I don't know how many times I confess them over and over and over I read it to everything that cares to hear that shows up in my body you must hear it it. and I declare to us this is where I stand on Christ the solid rock this is where I stand and it has worked for me. Oh boy, it's worked for me. Because this word is true. God said it. This is not Lulabi. This is truth. You know the truth, it works for you. Surely, not maybe, surely our sicknesses he had borne, our pains he had carried them. And we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. But his peers for our transgression. Bruise for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace is on him, and by his bruise there's healing to us. Let me tell us something. If you believe that God put your sins on Christ, it's the same process that he put your sicknesses and pain on Christ. The same thing. I always say, if you put my sins on him, he put my sicknesses on him. I'm as healed as I'm saved. I'm as healed, even when I walk and go out for a I keep saying I'm as healed as I'm saved. I'm as healed as I'm saved. He put my sins on him. He put my sicknesses on him. He put my pains on him. I can't deny it. That's the fact. But we need to hear it. <laughs> That's where the trouble is. We read it, we must hear it with an inner ear. We listened yesterday, a young girl was talking about how we spent all her life in church, but didn't know God. And yet he was going to church, participating in everything, but never really knew God. He never had. But he was in church, but he was hearing with mental distance. He never heard with the spiritual ear. All those years, never heard. Never. Did he hear? He was hearing mentally, but never heard. So you must make effort to hear. Hear the scriptures. Hear them. You must hear. Faith comes by hearing. You must hear with your spiritual ear. Because once faith comes, healing comes with it. Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, you can go, you are good to go. It was the same way. You must hear. So you must make time to meditate on it day and night until you hear it. It must penetrate you. It must penetrate into you. It must enter. It doesn't enter the face day. Sometimes it doesn't enter the face. My mentor had a very marvelous testimony of a woman that took his teaching on healing. This woman was paralyzed, had all manner of things. took this teaching on healing and played it for six months nonstop. The woman said, on the sixth month, the revelation came to my spirit. Bam, that Jesus carried my sickness. She jumped out of that bed and was healed. Six months continuous. It took six months to penetrate all the blockade the devil was putting, all the fear the devil was putting. Six months of continuous hearing. When she had it finally, bam, faith came by hearing. She didn't need prayer. She jumped up and said, yeah, it's true. Rob was sharing a testimony of a woman in her church who was lame. Lame. And she came to, came to church and said to him, he said, Pastor, I read that Jesus took my infirmities, took my sister. He said, he said, how come I never read it before? He said, I'm just realizing that this is true. He said, so if he did that, why am I in the wheelchair? She got up and walked away. Real story. The point is hearing. It's not mental thing. You need, to, you need to pray, God, open my ears. I need to hear it. Why? You need the healing. He sent it. Luke 15, we read it before. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great ones came together to hear, to hear, to hear, to hear. That they are, even they're hearing me, may not mean you hear. May not mean you hear. May not mean you hear. Hearing is important. Even in normal conversation with people, when, when we did the communication here, man, I realized, oh my God, I needed to improve on my hearing. But it's, it's listening to Hear, listening to understand, Intense, intently, listening without distraction, folk wanting to hear. Because when you show God, I want to hear this, you will hear it. But if you think, oh, that's another sermon, another church service, you hear nothing. You can the one that makes people laugh, you laugh. If you didn't hear anything, and you lose. We need to train ourselves to hear and not to forget by meditating on it day and night. Forgetful hearers is the same thing as people who never had anything. It's no different. If if you hear and forget, what is it? You're the same thing with somebody who doesn't know it. It's when you retain it that that information begins to work in your heart. Hebrew two. Therefore, we ought. To give the more honest heed to the things which we have had. You need to give heed to what you've had. You need to take time to go meditate on it day and night. Give honest heed, heed, heed. Give heed to it. Give attention to it day and night. Give honest attention to the things which we have had. Lest at any time we should let them slip through and we we'll forget it. And we we'll start again mental ascent, talking. The same talk, talk. There are people who don't want to hear. Oh, they are looking for anointing. Oh, they don't know do anything. Some don't want to hear. So, they want, the, they want the anointing to heal them. Let tell, let tell us the truth about the anointing of God. No man controls it. Because that's the act of the Spirit on its own. Nobody controls it. It's, it's called the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. He, he does it when he wants. And you may live many years and never experience that direct manifestation for you. Why? He gave you the word to live by. He wants you to live by faith. The word is giving you It's not a joke. He wants you to live by it. Because it is through that word you come to know him. It's through that word that he reveals himself to you, and you draw closer, and your character changes, he, he changes you to what? It's not through the miracle he changes you. It's not through miracle he changes you. Whoever changed through miracle? Does it, does it you know? Read the Bible now. He, even where Jesus did the most of his miracles, they rejected him. He told him, he said, what was done in you, if it was done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. He would take somebody out of that city, i heal him and tell the man, don't go back there. Was it not Jesus healing them? They say, crucify him, kill him. So the gift of the spirit can heal you, but we don't control it. It's as when he wills, how he wills, where he wills, with whom he wills. All these people thinking that they can switch on God, move the hand of God as, as if God is their husband. I, I, I don't want to follow such people. I want to follow people who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and let God guide them. Not people who are guiding God. Come to are guiding the spirit of God. Tell him, ordering him around. Ordering God around. So we have all amount of inflated ideas that is wrong. God said, you don't give me counsel. Nobody tells me what to do. Oh, but they pretend they are the ones who move God. Let me show you that the anointing works as the Spirit wills, not as you want. In Hebrew two three, has, yeah, it says verse two three. We read it Okay, let me read it again. Has our we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord? I was confirmed. Listen, I was confirmed unto us by them that had him. God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders. With diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. It's when he wants, how he wants. And mostly, he will do it among the unbelievers who never heard about him. But those who hear the word of God, I've said it over here. Now, if you like, you're going around. I will stay your time. If God is investing his word in you, you better listen. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. If you neglect that thing and you are chasing miracles around, you are coming back. <laughs> you are coming back. All these miracles happen mostly, mostly among people who don't know, baby Christians. You know, they don't have they, they don't know more. They just came to Christ. And then people don't know him, God shows them. That's that's why I said all these. crusades. Go to crusades. You, you see massive distance in crusades. In crusades. That's why you see them. God is showing them his love as reality. He said this gospel, that God is confirming it while they are preaching it. Preaching it. But you, the Christian, the just must live by his faith. Just must live by his faith. He gave you the word to feed your spirit. Transform your life. Make you who he wants you. And then you mature and begin to serve him and be useful in the kingdom. So, so the gift of the Spirit can work, but it's as the Spirit wheels. We don't control it. But the truth is that God works through his word. That why you can, you can believe anytime. Anytime see, you can believe it, works for you. And it's through this faith, believing his word we receive what the word is revealing to us. Look at Acts twenty thirty two, And so now, I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need. Faith comes by hearing the word of the gospel, the words of grace, because it's the word of grace that reveals to you that he bore your sickness, he bore your sins, he bore your infirmities, what he did on the cross. That's all you have to live by. You don't have anything outside what Christ paid for. So he says, so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all you need, all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, all of them, which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. Now, these people refused to hear. And he went out from tents and came into his own country. And I read it, and then they, they were scoffing at him. They refused to hear. They refused to hear. And in verse, verse 5, and he could dare do no mighty work save that he laid the sand upon a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Why? They didn't receive his word. They couldn't have faith. And he went around about the villages teaching. He went around teaching, 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 teaching. Now this woman heard and was healed, so you two can hear and be healed. Mark five twenty-seven. When she heard of Jesus, came in the place behind her, and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his cloth, I shall be whole. If I touch, I shall be whole. Confession of faith. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Acting on the faith in Christ. She heard of Jesus. She didn't just hear with mental, she heard. And he made her act and say. This man, again, look at Acts 14 6. They were, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Debek, cities of Lyconia, unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. Again, they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man, a lesser, impotent his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never walked. The same had Paul speak, who steadfastly behold him perceived that he had faith to be healed, said unto him with the light of Sandra upright on the feet, and he lifted and went. Why? He listened. He had Paul preach. He could, he could switch up his mind, but he listened. He heard it, and faith came. What I'm trying to show us is that When you hear, you be healed. Hear and be healed. The problem is hearing. So here is the assignment I want to give us. I want to give us an assignment. Isaiah 53, 4. You can read it in Young Literal Translation. That's the accurate translation of this verse. Young Literal Translation. Some of these translations were translated by theologians who don't believe scripture. So they, in some of them they say he carried our grief. And, no, it's sickness. It's not grief or anything. Some of them say they carried our sorrows. No, it's sickness. It, I went to find translation 18, 18 something. That I realized that this is what because that's what Isaiah was saying. Huh? That himself carried our sicknesses. That's what Isaiah was quoting. So it has to be sicknesses, you know. So you have to read it in. Young Literal Translation. And I found this one amplified. does a little better. So I want you to read it and meditate on it. Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. 4 to 5. Meditate on it three times a day. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And own it. Own it. Make it your own. Surely, he has borne my sickness. Make it your own. Make it your own. Surely, my sickness he has borne, my pains he has carried. Make it your own. Own it. Morning, morning, afternoon, evening. Then the last one is Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Make it your own. That word needs to penetrate you. You need to hear it. The idea of meditating on it morning afternoon night, is so that you, the entrance of the world will bring light and understanding. When it enters, you don't need to ask. Faith will come. You will see the healing right away. Just do these exercises. Then I'll see you on Thursday by the grace of God, and then we we'll continue to teach and to give assignment as we meditate on them. As we continue to meditate on them, the Lord will confirm the word to you in your heart, and you we'll see the result, that the word of God is here and there, Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for this session where you are teaching us that you want us well. You already sent the healing. It came through the word. All we need to do is to hear it. When we hear, faith comes. And when fault comes, we get it. It works. Lord, we, we trust you with this teaching and with your people you love to help them, help us to hear it. Open our ears to hear it. Give us understanding in these truths. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.